Welcome to the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast, where we explore what it means to grow daily and find our best in every aspect of life. On today's episode, we've got Tom Ryan, head wrestling coach of the Ohio State Buckeyes. What we're going to get to with him is his book, first and foremost, which is kind of the structure for everything, Chosen Suffering, Becoming Elite in Life and in Leadership. And then the other things are, you know, having truth tellers in our life and also getting to a belief system that creates our foundation that we get to build everything else from. Excited to have this conversation, excited to have you join us. But before that, I'm John Shirky here with my friend, my co-host, Jamie Wagner. As always, good to see you, my friend. You as well. I I loved this conversation, right? I we we are incredibly blessed of all the I'm time. I'm still right? amped up. I'm still yeah. going. <laughs> exactly. Like it it is so clear and obvious why he's had the success that he's had, right? He was an elite wrestler collegiately, uh, you know, was a really young coach at Indiana when he was doing grad assistant stuff and then gets a head job at Hofstra and then ends up at Ohio State, which has become a part of the conversation as to the best in the country year in year out just so clear why he's in that role man no doubt and on as much as i hate to cheer for him in ohio state mostly because i'm a michigan state fan i did wear my michigan state gear today but man it's hard not to like you said it's hard not to want to follow that dude right and not to it's easy to understand why people want to go wrestle for him because everything about him permeates outward right and he he lives he talks he behaves in a way that you know we've talked about this before like be somebody that people want to be around be someone that people want to buy into and he embodies that to a t yeah i i want to wrestle for the guy i want to be in his room every day i like i know it's going to be hard i know it's going to push me but it's going to grow me in such a way that it sharpens me to be to the point, right? It sharpens the tip in such a way that I can go and be the dynamic type of wrestler, leader, man. I want to be in the rest of my life. And once again, this is not a this is not about wrestling. You know, yeah. his book is not titled "How to Become a Lead at Wrestling and Leadership." It's "How to Become a Lead at Life and Leadership." Yeah. So this conversation, well, some of it goes into the wrestling stuff. Jamie, you and I have talked before. I know nothing about wrestling. And it doesn't matter because yeah, this is not exactly. a wrestling conversation. This is a life conversation. Yeah. And what I love about sport and just being able to have these conversations in the lens of sports is that it's so easy to break it down and say, this is how we do it in a finite shortened, you know, wrestling seven minute match at the collegiate level, six minute match, at the high school level football, you know, 40, eight minute game, 60 minute game, whatever it is, it's very concise. And we know exactly what it is. Extrapolating that out to life can be hard, at least in thought. What we get to do when talking to these coaches that do it at a high, high level in sport is we get to say, how do we apply this thing that goes from six minutes or seven minutes or 48 minutes into the bigger picture of life? And what we find out is like, there's no secrets here, right? (laughs) There are no secrets chosen suffering is part of it we got to go and be willing to suffer and and coach ryan man 
again, I like gopher fan as, but when it comes to wrestling, but, and big 10 opponents and all that stuff, but Buckeyes, like we're, we're cheering from afar. So it's awesome to have you. Incredible stuff. Get the juices flowing. Tom Ryan. Here we go. Coach Tom Ryan, Ohio State Buckeyes. Um, we are incredibly grateful that you have joined us today. Thanks for joining the podcast. Um, yeah, where are you guys really, at in your season right now? Good, really, man. Preseason. We're just getting going. The suffering, you know, the suffering started. It actually should never end. Um, but, uh, you know, we're in preseason and, uh, you know, getting going. We, we, nice. we have about I, 10 week preseason. Okay. When does is, when is your competition season start? November 7th, we wrestle University of North Carolina. That's our opening match here. So ACC Big Ten matchup. They got a great nice. coach from Coleman Scott at, uh, at UNC. Former Oklahoma State guy. National That's right, man. You're on your, you're on your, you're on your, that, you're on your, that's. That's kind of wrestling world, right? As we just know everybody. Yeah, I know for sure. So mm-hmm. I got to, I got to apologize twice, coach. I did this at, in the pre-recording, but I am repping my Spartan gear today as everyone, well, most people know I'm a Spartan fan. My dad went there. Um, I'm, I'm originally from there. So, and then the, my second apology is I have no idea about wrestling other than you know, having wrestled Jamie a couple of times and him putting me on my back both times, <laughs> despite my, you know, double his size. Um, I played basketball. I'm six, six. So I played basketball. So the wrestling okay. stuff, I'm going to not have much concept for, but I know that you guys, um, you know, do, well, do a lot of cool stuff down there that is wrestling, but is, is mostly life. And I'm excited to get into it. Yeah. Well, Good to see you in this party gear, man. As you, as I, as I mentioned, Roger Chandler is a, is a student athlete that wrestled at Indiana. He's a head coach there now, and he's done a really good job with their wrestling program. So, uh, yeah. And then, you know, I'm not 6'6", which is why I wrestle, but I, but I did play basketball, and I love basketball. It was, my, it was basketball and soccer were probably my two first loves. You know, and I thought I was sweet at basketball, but <laughs> – the coach didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and you kind of talked about this in the book. You talked about how that coach kind of gave you this this first opportunity to suffer from losing your love of the sport of basketball, and it ends up being a lifelong yeah. transformative change for you. How did that you know process get you to here in some ways? Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. You know, I love the Garth Brooks song, "Unanswered Prayers." Yeah. You guys are going to get country music fans. Right? Garth I mean, Brooks, for sure, yeah. Right? It's like, man, I wanted this. I, I, I wanted this, and I didn't get it. And because I didn't get that, I ended up with this. And um, what a blessing it was, right? So, uh, you know, I, I I truly thought I was sweet in basketball. <laughs> you know, it was like 10 points a game, and I would shoot a lot. And, you know, then you you know you leave your little world. Uh, that I was in of, you know, elementary school basketball, right? And you enter the junior high. It's like, wow, there's uh, there's more guys trying out. I haven't seen this many dudes around, yeah. you know? And then uh, you realize at some point that, uh, well, in seventh grade for me, it was that there were more people better than me than I'd ever been around. So I, you know, and, you know, back in the day when I, when I was a kid, at least, you know, they would just put the names on the locker room wall of who made it like you didn't get along you know 
sit down and ex- explanation. It was just either your name was here or it wasn't, right? So you walk up, I walk right up to the locker room, like I'm looking. And this this comes back like, this is what? Geez, how old are we when we're in seventh grade? Maybe 12? 12, no. yeah. 12. So it's, you know, it's 40 years ago. But I can I can see, I can actually see the paper on the wall right now as my, my mind looks at it. And I'm scanning, I'm like, Tom Ryan's name's not on there. Yeah. He just must've made a mistake. Yeah, how can this be? How can this be? <laughs> so I went in and talked to Mr. O'Leary. Mr. O'Leary was a great guy. Uh, you know, he had the, he had the white rope and the silver whistle, you know, he had the clipboard. He was your, he was your, he was your gym teacher. And I was like, Mr. O'Leary, I, I think, I think you left my name off. And he said, he said, listen, he goes, he goes, Tom, you didn't make the team. You're aggressive. You foul a lot and you should, maybe you should try wrestling. And I'm like, what? Anyway. That was my first, right? That was my first setback, major setback in life, not making it. And what a blessing that is, right? That's the toughest thing I had to deal with the 12 years old was, you know, not making the basketball team. So I I think this is really important to connect how what we do matters, right? Like this idea of the way that we think influences the way that we perform. And, and, you know, like you thought you were sweet at basketball, didn't end up working (laughs) out that way. And then somebody else tells you, hey, maybe they just plant this seed. Maybe wrestling is the way. And I, and I was reading something by C.S. Lewis the other day. And he says, we have to be continually reminded of what we believe. No belief will automatically remain alive in the mind. It must be fed. Right. And I love this idea that it must be fed. You've felt that disappointment and maybe not making a squad. You guys, you know, you can recruit the best in the country right now at, to the division one level, but I would imagine there's some times where that belief about I'm pretty good. I can hang at this level gets tested in a big way, maybe even right now for some of your freshmen, right? How are you guys feeding that belief that they belong there, that they can maybe be the best in the world or the best in the country with your guys' yeah. help? Yeah, that's a really good question. I, I would say that, right. I think that I think, right, we all, we spend our lives, uh, you know, trying to figure out uh, who, who, who we are, right? And the world, right, the world wants to tell us who we are. And, and a handful of us, right, have this one coach or this one teacher or this parent or this mother or this grandfather or this sibling that actually in your life is a truth teller. Mr. O'Leary, right, was a truth teller for me. I, I've been blessed to be around a lot of truth tellers, right? I, I, I was never, you know, um, it's, right, it's, right, it's leadership, truth, and love, right? Yeah. People in my life, they were, you know, truth to belittle is one thing, right? Truth and love is something completely different, right? Truth to make you feel like less than you are is useless. Truth to, to, to just be truthful you and, and genuinely care about something is something different. So I found a lot of the guys in my, in my program and listen, doubt's real, right? Fear is real. You know, stress is real. I found that a lot of the guys that, um, that I coach that ultimately do extremely well, they've had people in their life that build into them and separate, they separate, uh, who they are as a human from their performance. Right. And that's, you know, the, 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 the young man who's, who's elevated in his home because he's a special performer tends to be a, someone who can struggle more later because your existence, right, is based on your performance and not who you are. 
So we, 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 we talk a lot about our core, uh, our, you know, our, our, our opus, who are you? What do you stay right? What do you stand for? Like we, we, we build into our guys quite a bit. So I would, this is kind of funny, but you know, people say, you know, you're a wrestling coach, right? So the first thing, right. Someone would think it was, well, that's tough. You know, like you must like, when they come in there, you must just crush them. Right. The reality is the three, the first things that we do, the first thing is we, 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 we teach them how to listen. Right. We teach them how to listen, like shut up and listen. You know, you've heard probably a hundred times on your podcast, like, dude, you got two ears and one mouth, right? Right. So it's, so it's really teach them how to be a good listener, understand someone else's viewpoint, right? All those things that go with listening. Um, we teach them how to write, how to express what you're, what you're thinking, because there's so much power, right, in writing. And then the third thing is we teach them. And I think you see, I think anyone that watches Ohio State Wrestling, on an interview, if my guys are interviewed, for the most part, so we teach them how to speak clearly and concisely and to say what you mean to say, right? Because I think right often it's we don't think before we talk and we're just chirping and you sound like a knucklehead, right? So uh, we don't want that for our guys. So those are probably the three things that within, within our team, who, you know, forget, you know, the ring you got on your finger, that's, that's going to fade away, right? In fact, you're a national champion. Who, who are you? What do you stand for? And again, the world, the world wants you to be confused about that. Yeah. Right. So we try to, we try to, you know, keep the world out of their, you know, sense of who they are as much as possible. So, so coach, I think there's a lot of people that would say, man, that's, that's incredible. That's great. But how do you do that? How do you incorporate that? Because obviously you're still, you got to, you got to still win matches. You got to still pursue the goals that you have. And, and I think, you know, in our line of work, and I, I'm going to ask this question because I think for us, we believe it so deeply that it's so important that you just build it in. But I think there's a lot of coaches that listen to our podcast and a lot of coaches that Jamie and I come across where it's like, well, I only have a certain amount of time. How can yeah. I give some of my practice time to teaching kids how to listen or how to write or how to speak? Like, yeah, you guys, you guys are good at this. You guys are good <laughs> podcasters. This is a good conversation. You know, you know, part of being a great leader um, and, and part of really wanting to impact people is knowing what questions to ask them, right? There's so much power you know, I found in my life when someone tells me something, I kind of listen. When they ask me a question, it transforms me, mm. you know, because I've got to actually think about it rather than being told it. So, you know, which is the power in these podcasts, right? When you get on a group of guys that, that or people that are asking good questions, right? You've got me thinking. If you can get me thinking, right, I can grow, right? If you're telling me quite often, you know, you know, what, you know when my wife asks me a question, I listen a lot more close than what she tells me, right? <laughs> We hey, put up a barrier guilty. when somebody tells what? us, right? We're like, I'm, <laughs> I'm out now. I mean, would you mind taking out the trash? Or, hey, knucklehead, go get the trash. You know, it's like, yeah. no, now I'm not going to get the trash. <laughs> you know, I love you just the same. But so, so I would say, um, I mean, that's a really, so what comes to mind for me with that is, right, we've got to know our beliefs, right? Right. We have to know them, write them down. We've got to know our belief system. 
because it's going to get it's going to get in the in the in the darkest times, in the toughest times. There's no question it's going to get rattled. And if you don't have one, you're toast. If you don't have one, you have no chance. If you have a belief system that there's still a challenge, right? And the challenge is that gap, that 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 space, that chasm between the belief system and the action behind it. And that's a big gap, right? Peter, as Peter Kreft, have you reading Peter Kreft? So he, 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 he said, reading a book, right? Reading a book about something can be an obstacle to doing it because it gives your mind the impression, right? That you're doing what you're only reading about. And that's how the mind works. You know, we tell our guys in between practices in the morning, uh, between the morning and afternoon, or when you're, when you're supposed to be relaxing on the weekend, if you play five hours of video games, right? Your brain cannot differentiate between you being in the bush of Afghanistan and being on your couch. You're in fight mode, you're competing, and you're releasing chemicals into your body, just like you would be in the woods, right? So if, you, if, you, if, 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 if the weekends are about rebuilding from the, from the torture we threw at you the whole week, and you're playing video games, you're out, you're fighting with your girlfriend, you're, you're stressing, you're, you are not rebuilding and you will be worse on Monday despite all the work you did than you were on, you know, on, on, on Friday. So, so the first thing to answer that question is you got to really know your beliefs have to be written down and you got to know what they are and you got to read them and over and over again and you got to rinse them because they'll transform, right? They'll, 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 they'll transform. It's like, I, I really believe this and this happens like, you know, until something touches you personally, it's hard to be, you know, you know, that sure about the belief. So the second thing I would say is once you know your belief system, like, listen, there is no way that I would ever cancel a leadership meeting for practice. Because my belief system, how do I get them to learn it? We, we do it, you know, and they see the consistency that I have. Well, coach, maybe we should practice more. No, this, this is, this is a deeply uh, rooted belief in me that, that this will help you. you we, we're we're going to work out. We've got plenty of workouts in, but this is what you need. And we, we, you just stick to it because it's easy, right? You're lost. It's like, we need more practice. We do. We might need more practice, but we don't need less leadership, right? We don't need less conversation, right? We don't need less who we are. You know, I always say, you know, I think this is a simple thing. I've, been, I've heard it, but you know, if you want the team to get better, be a better you. Yeah. Right. The way you make your team better is you make yourself stronger. So I think, you know, for us, for me, um, uh, I would say to coaches, you know, you get you, you, you bring in your staff. If it's a middle school, a junior high, you bring it, you, you work together and you, 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 you define who you're going to be. You define it and you wrap it with these incredible beliefs that you have. And then you 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 live them. You throw action behind them. So clearly your book is entitled Chosen Suffering. I would encourage anybody that's specifically into wrestling for sure. But just if you're a coach or you're a leader, your belief system is wrapped around chosen suffering, right? How did you, yeah, yeah, it's certainly one sure. of my, how did you, how did you get to this idea that this chosen yeah. suffering was, it creates elite performance? Yeah. Well, I can tell you that when I, you know, ran cross country in high school or went to the Jay Robinson one month intensive camp that was four days a week. 
it wasn't like as I went to that as an eighth grader, um, I wasn't thinking to myself as an eighth grader, chosen suffering, man. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> you know, it wasn't like, you know, hey, eighth grade buddies, we're going to go choose, you know, we're going to do some chosen suffering right now. Like, that's not a term that I'll tell you what the term was at that time that I don't know if it's a synonym. Uh, for chosen suffering, but the term at that time that I do believe, uh, I do believe that all of us, all of us um, are willing to suffer most for what I would have said in eighth grade, why I'm going. And that's because I love wrestling, right? I love, I'm going to give up a month of my summer. I wasn't giving up. I wasn't sacrificing. He was sacrificing. You know, I live by the beach. So it's Long Island was fun. You know, you could go to the beach, you pump up a little bit, you, you, you go to the beach, you know, Jones Beach. So I would say that um, what I would have said in eighth grade is, you know, it's almost like, you know, George, I want to turn myself into a monster, right, on the wrestling mat. And the only way to do that is to go be around people that are, is to, is, and I connected that incredible gift of work reward, right? I, I connected, right, the harder you work, the luckier you get. So, so in eighth grade, when I went, it, 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 the term chosen suffering didn't enter my mind until unchosen suffering came into my life. And that's when, that's when I, 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 I you know, drew the line in the sand. There's, there's, there's two types of suffering. Up until I was 36 years old, the only type I ever experienced really was chosen suffering. When I say, you know, that I mean, it's like, Sure, mom and dad got divorced when we were young. That was hard. I mean, I cried a lot. You know, they, they weren't living together anymore. We, we, you know, I was a young kid. I was second grade. We, we, we only, it was hard. It was really hard. But it didn't bring me to my knees. Lose, I lost wrestling matches. It was hard, right? I didn't want to lose wrestling matches. I didn't choose that. That was hard. But chosen suffering for me was just something. When I thought of chosen suffering, I thought of all the hard things that you do to attain something that you want. Right? I would say that's the, right, the general definition for me. Yeah. You know, when I was when I was assessing where this book Chosen Suffering came from and it's it was called Chosen Suffering because of all the things I thought about that I chose to do that just hardened me. One of those that's incredible and it, you get into more detail in the book is you were competing with your brother at Syracuse, your best friend in the world in wrestling. And you're like, I'm not going to reach the pinnacle unless I go to the pinnacle and you transferred you're on a full scholarship athlete at Syracuse and you transfer to Iowa to walk on. Yeah. <laughs> That's an incredible choice. What did that experience teach you about yeah. giving that up and then choosing this other thing? Yeah. I would say that I would say something that I was, you know, I, I feel really fortunate. I was around amazing parents and just a really good community around me. And I don't know if everybody is right. Gifted with that. Right. It, unfortunately the world's not Right. Not everybody. Right. I, you know, I call it being a strategic follower. Right. You know, a strategic follower. Scripture talks about being a strategic follower. And it's like you're not just a follower. It's who are you following? Right. And why are you following them? And I was really fortunate. My brother was amazing. Right. My parents. I just I was just in a really good you know, in, in environment. And. Uh, you know, looking back on that decision, uh, like you said, I was roommates with my brother. I was on a full I was on a full scholarship. But I was, I was obsessed, right? I had a single, I was obsessed with being, I had a lot of truth tellers in my life, 
right? So I, I never fabricated truth, right? It was like, well, you know, I just believe this. What foundation do you have to believe that? Like, like what data can you throw at me to say, do you actually believe that? You know, because well, you know, right? The world's full of, I think that, so, it, so it's real. No, it's not. And the student athletes and the people I've been around in my life that think that way get their butts kicked by people that think the other way, right? It's like black and white. You either get it or you get whipped by the person that does it. So for me, it was kind of like, I don't know, at a young age, I just, listen, I need to be around. I love my brother. He was tough as heck. I need to be under Dan Gable. You know, his influence, I needed his influence in my life, right? So... Because, right, because he won 21 straight Big Ten titles, because Olympic champion, because he coached Olympic champion, because he, he won 17 national titles. Because every time I watched, you know, NBC Sports, you know, half the finals were Iowa guys at the time. So it was like this, it was, it was factual data. There was, there was data behind it. It wasn't this feeling, right? I mean, trusting our feelings all the time is a terrible way to live, right? I mean, there's, there's you know, it's, it's a Stockdale, right? It's a Stockdale paradox. Right. The guy that the guy that made it through the, 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 the torture of, of the Japanese uh, prison camps, the guys that made it through, the guys that came back, Stockdale said, here are the ones that came back. Right. The ones that the ones that had a perfect balance between optimism and realism. The ones that didn't died of a broken heart. I'm going to be out at Christmas time. I'll be out at Easter. I'm at Thanksgiving next Christmas next. No, no, listen, get in your head. There's a chance you're never getting out and, 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 and somehow find a way to live in. Right. So, so for me, I don't, I, I don't know why I was just very, it was very clear to me what I needed to do. And what I needed to do was transfer. So I packed my car, drove out to the university of Iowa, stayed in the car sometimes, met some people, made some friends and, it was a life-changing strategic move. No doubt. So coach, talk about that concept and how you help, because my guess is some of your guys coming in have some of that balance between optimism and realism, but what is that process like in helping them to learn that and to balance that out yeah. as well? Yeah, yeah. It's just a lot, right? Number one, it's just a lot of communication. It's a lot of connection, right? We talk about influence, Yeah. right? Like leadership isn't sure. There were leaders that just beat you down, but I'm not choosing to follow you. You're just beating me down. Right. So sure. influence, right. When I think of influence, which is leadership, right. It's, it's me choosing who I'm going to, I mean, leadership, right. Right. So leadership is influence. And I think about influence and it's, there's a couple of pieces to it for sustainable influence, right. Like, like there's plenty of people that influence people in a bad way. Right. Right. You know, it's like, I mean, cults aren't necessarily in it for the genuine good of, 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 of those that are in the cult. Right. So so influence is about a couple of things. The first thing influence is about. Is or, or being influenced is competence. Right. I'm not going to follow someone that ultimately I, I realize uh, is incompetent. So competence, am I constant? Am I, am I a constant learner as the head coach? Listen, am I constantly trying to improve, right? So that's a big piece of, of, of being influenced in leadership. The second piece that's huge, right, is just character, 
you know, it's just character. And it's being, you know, it's like, listen, I'm, I'm far from flawless, but when I mess up or I talk to you in a way that you didn't like, or, you know, I, I'm, I'm willing to apologize. It's like, dude, listen, I'm human. I'm sorry. man. you know, I, I could have come about that another way. And then the third piece is just connection, right? It's just being able to connect. So I think, you know, developing people is about really connecting with them and, and trying to figure out who they are and how can, how can I help you? You know, and, and like I said, asking good questions, uh, sharing, you know, sh- storytelling, sharing, you know, and really, like, really, you have to genuinely care, you know, about someone to impact them because we, because we can feel it, right? Because I, I can know. feel, right? I know. Yep. They know. I mean, they know. They know. Or you know, so um, and and that's what we and that's what we do, and and you know, the other thing is that as much as you try that. And believe it. I listen. I believe in every ounce of me that if the person's not looking your way, they're not. They're not really helpable at that time, right? So we say if their backs turn to you, I mean, how right? I use another right marital example. How good does it work when she's trying to get out of the house and you're still yelling at her? It doesn't work, right? I mean, she's not listening. And if I'm walking away, if their backs turn to you. They're not listening, right? So you 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 long for you don't long for, but you're prepared for those moments when they're really hurting. You know, when they when when they're in a, when they're in a jam and they come to you and they're fertile, right? Their mind's fertile. And there are these critical times, right, where you can really touch somebody. And uh, and you gotta you gotta you gotta be ready when that door opens. How do you get ready? Is it just that thing that you're talking about, that constant look to improve what are you like what are you engaging with that's growing you you know i you said yeah. the best way we can grow our team is to grow ourselves what are you personally doing that's growing you yeah no i think uh you know often you know often the problem with the organization is the leader right but they don't see it you know what i mean you know most people around them you know you know a lot of leaders at a high level you know they're around people that are afraid to tell them the truth, mm. you know, or they surround themselves with people that are puppets and won't tell them the truth, you know? And, and it's like, I, I mean, I really tell my staff over and over again, if you see something, if you, if you see, you gotta, you gotta tell me, right. We gotta be, we gotta be, uh, I love you. I, you know, I want to improve. So, so the, so the first thing uh, with that, you know, being ready is you make sure you surround yourself with people that are, that are truth tellers. You know, a bunch of puppets aren't going to help develop you, right? So, uh, um, and then, then you, you, you want to empower the people. Look, he is my boss. And, I, you, know, I, you know, sometimes saying nothing will get me in less trouble than saying something the wrong way. You know, say something the wrong way if you have to. You know, have the courage to say something the wrong way. And that sounds a lot easier than it is, right? Um, <clears throat> I you know, reach, you know, I, I, and then it's managing my life. You know, how do I manage my life? You know, what are the things, what are the disciplines in my life? I believe, I believe heavily in, in reading scripture, reading something that's, that's uplifting, right? Starting your morning, right? Heavily in that. Get the day started right. Take some quiet time. Get the day started right. Um, I believe in, in fitness. I just believe that, you know, college, your college campus is, this is a goofy, this is a goofy response, but I'm going to say it anyway, because I believe it. Right. So it's like, 
you, you know, some of the, this rhabdomyolysis, rhabdo, we get rhabdo, we are overtrained, right? So, you know, sometimes it comes out that, you know, these kids were overtrained. Uh, is it too dark in here? That light just no, popped you're up. Good. You're all right. Good. So, so it's like, all right, if I was in charge, right, I would, I would have every coach suffer because you can, you can, you can, you can get so removed from suffering that you can't relate to it anymore, right? And, and if you can't personally relate to something, if it's not personally, so it's like my first rule of, of, of life. If, 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 it, if it's not touching you directly, then you'll have a hard time understanding it. Not that you can't, but you'll have a harder time understanding it. So get touch with suffering every day, you know? Do something hard, right? Do something hard every day. It doesn't have to be sometimes not even physical. Let's listen. Every night I come home, I like a fudge pop. I'm not gonna have a fudge pop tonight. You know, like start small, right? Build some confidence. I can do this. I'm gonna leave the fudge pop in the freezer. You know, but you start small. You, you start you start small and you do something hard every day. And before you know it, it's like, wow, look how far I've come. You know, because it's daunting. Absolutely. I, I had a goal to start running this, this summer. And, uh, one of the coaches we worked with is like, coach, you're going to run 200 miles with us. I was like, no way, not a chance. Never. <laughs> right. Well, and I started and it was yeah. like, my goal was two miles a day, right? Two miles yeah. a day, just get two miles a day. And all of a sudden, like, I'm still running that task was over, you know, I'm over 400 miles for the year. And it like, I look back and I'm going, you know, I ran on a, we, we did a 10 mile run. And my goal was ever only ever two miles, right? Yeah. That was all I ever started out. It just, that compound interest, the suffering is yeah. incredible, you know? And, uh, I, I, for you, man. Dude, yeah, for it's, you. and it's, again, it's transformed the way that I think too, right? Doing that yeah. has transformed the way I think. Yeah. And I, I believe this. I don't know if you guys do right. And then maybe there's some holes in this thinking, but this is the belief I have. And that's simply that most often what we want more is what the outcome will be, right? So, so if, if I want to quit smoking more than I want the smoke, I know it's addictive and I know it's hard. And I know, Nikki, I, I'm, I'm not downplaying any of that. But ultimately, what you want more will be the outcome, right? And if you want to quit smoking more than you want to smoke, you'll quit smoking. Um, yeah. Because well, what we focus on grows. Right. I was going to say that we, we can develop those wants, right? And what our focus is through, God, that's what we do is help people develop the skills mentally to say, hey, yeah. these are my goals. This is where I'm going. Re I love you. You said, you know, read them and, and then rinse them, right? Read them and rinse them. Yeah. Let's go. Right. Read them and rinse them. Yeah. Right. Read them and rinse them. And we got to reset them and, and keep going. I love that. So I read this from you, and I think this is a big misconception from some coaches. You've coached some of the best to ever do it, right? Logan Stever, one of four gentlemen ever to win four national titles. Kyle Snyder wins an Olympic gold medal at 20 years of age. And they're preparing to go and be in the world championships, compete against the best in the world. And Kyle goes out and wins one. I think Logan probably did too. But like you were just talking about their focus right now is fundamental technique, fundamental skills. Yeah. Why is that such an important thing to come back to when the level increases? 
because I think yeah. we, again, that focus, we'd start to focus on, I got to go get better. Cause I'm going to go and compete against yeah. this guy. And he's so he's doing all these different things. No, you're like, no, let's come back to our base. Let's come back to our yeah. core. Why yeah. is that such a big deal? Yeah. I think, uh, right. That you get the micro level and this macro level. Right. And both like both, both are critically important. Right. Like this big, like, like, uh, you know, the macro level is like, wow, I could be a Olympic champion. And, and, you know, there's these deals I could get, you know, and maybe it helps change my life financially. And, you know, all these things that, that are, are just real when you're at that level that can, right. And if that's your mindset, right, that's going to be a problem, right. But it's not bad to think like that, but you're going to pull it down to the micro level, which is listen, listen, your stance, where your hands go, the way your feet move, uh, breathing, you know, leading up to a competition. It's funny. I was just talking to some people. I, 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 I love college football. Right. And I, I don't, I, I've never coached. So I, I don't know how to, I don't never coach the game, but I know this. I would not be running my helmet at the people before the match, before the game. I would have, my guys would be so calm. Like my goal would be, I want you breathing. I want you relaxing because the lion's not there yet. The lion's coming. And if it ain't in the room and you think it is, you're wasting your energy, right? Let's use it when the lion comes, right? So, um, so, so the point, right? I guess the point is, is with, is, is with, with, with those guys, uh, the Stevers and these, these big matches and, and this, I mean, the fundamentals, I mean, it's the basics. It's, it's always right. We can watch every football game that's ever major games been won or lost and any competition. And you'll look at 90% of them, something fundamentally broke down. There was a discipline component. It's the most simple thing. You know, I lifted my hand, my, my elbow got away from my, 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 you know, hip or, or my, my toe was, was past my knee, right? It was something fundamental. You got low single because you could, your hips engaged because your toe was literally an inch past your knee, right? So it's just keeping them focused. And also I think it's rising about things you can control and you can't control if you, you cannot control winning and losing. You cannot, right? It's an outcome it's an outcome of, of simple decisions you made over time, and you're not going to control winning or losing. Uh, you know, the other thing we talk a lot about is it's like, listen, if the only time you experience joy, like, 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 if you, like the only time you experience joy is when your hand gets put up in the air, man, your life is terrible. Like, I don't, it's, ter- it's a terrible life. Like, you got to get, you just got to be, you got to enjoy the learning. Right. And the process, I don't know everyone's over the process, but you got like really embrace that, you know, because this is going to happen 25 times a year, yeah. right? There's beautiful <laughs> mountains you could hike and there's sceneries you could see and there's gorgeous sunsets and there's lakes and there's oceans and there's rivers and there's six salmon and fishes or, you know, the six. And you know, there fish- are people, right? There are people to connect with that are pouring love and life in you all the time. And if you aren't open to it, man, yeah. like, you are missing out. You're just missing it. You're going to die. Yeah. You're going to die. Right? We're all, you're going to die. You're going to be on your deathbed. You're going to be on your deathbed. And, and, and right. Saying you, we all, right. It's, it's happening. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's right. When the, that's when really my life began is when I really started to consider that. Right. That was the major line in the sand. Line in the sand. Number one for me was Syracuse going to Iowa. Line in the sand. Number two was when I learned about unchosen suffering but we're going to die. And when you're on your deathbed, right? What are the things, what are the things that you would weigh on your deathbed? And those things better be, better be weighed in life. Right. And if not, 
man, you, you, you played a nine inning game and you didn't know that, you know, direction to run the first base, you know? So, yeah. It's incredible stuff, coach. I, I have a million questions, but I know that you have, have a life and, and you're going to grow young men. And, and for that, right. What we talk to coaches, we, what we're grateful for is that there are people out there growing the next generation of leaders, right? The next generation of people that are going to impact our society and our culture and our world for the better. And uh, what you guys are doing is incredible. What you gave our, our people today is fantastic. And uh, thanks for joining us, for, for growing us and stretching us. It's, it's awesome. Thanks. It's good with you guys. I want to say just one more thing before I go. Right. And that's that among all things, I'm a believer in God, right? Yeah. Above all things that I, I, and not because I'm, I'm some uh, blindly led human being, but in the worst time of my life, the only explanation that I have right now, how I got out of it was a loving God. So that's why I, I, go, I go around and speak. The number one thing I want to talk about, I love wrestling, right? I love yeah. suffering. But I love God more. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a believer. And and I and I and I got to know him in the darkest time. It was real. And there's plenty of facts. If you want, if you want to pursue truth, just truth. Don't have, don't, don't pursue God. Pursue truth and watch what you find. There's one or two options, right? Either there is no God and that we're here by chance, or there is a God and we're not here by chance. One is true, right? You you can't walk through life and saying they're both true. No, no, hold on. Make a decision. One's true, one's not. Figure it out. That's my main message. So, Coach, I can't let you go. I, I mean, I can't yeah. let you go on that. But I, we, yeah. so the the tagline of our podcast is "Live Eyes Up." We both played yeah. um, for a small evangelical Christian school in Minnesota. There is a faith based undertone to everything that we do as well. Yeah. How how does that? Obviously, you, you know you felt it's so important to say, Hey, I got one more thing, guys. You didn't ask me about this yet. I didn't get to say it. I believe it so strongly that I need to say it. How does that come out in your, in your program? Cause I, I think, you know, Jamie was telling me he's seen uh, interviews with your guys and a lot of them seem to yeah. attribute that to their faith or, you know, to, to a higher being or whatever that is for them. But how does yeah. that come out and how does that permeate <laughs> your program as a, major public institution you know we play yeah. at a private christian school right 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 ohio state is is a very different animal than that so how does that work for you how does that play out yeah well first and foremost you know it was the deepest pain that led me to him yeah right i was i was i was in the darkest place i've ever been in uh you know as you guys know it was the loss of my five-year-old son to a massive heart attack undetected at the dinner table it was pure joy to pure pain right so it was instant life change, right? And it's a story of triumph and a story of love and a story, right? So you know, you know, I, I, it's 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 not a uh, it's not a crutch. It hasn't been a crutch for me in my life, and it never will be, right? But but things could have got worse, right? There were three child, three other children that were there and watched me try to save them, and my wife was there, and we our marriage could have broke up, and those three kids could have been basically, you know, without parents because because you can't get over your grief, right? That wasn't going to be us, but that's what caused me to to look into it. Like, where's T, right? When you come home from the hospital and your kids come running out the door and they ask you, where is he? And you don't know, you feel pathetic. That's how I felt. In a lot of pain, but like my, my eight-year-old son just asked me where his brother is and I can't answer the question, right? That's just not good. 
right? So, so it galvanizes you to consider, where is he? I'm going to answer the question for this kid. It's just, it became the single most important question in my life. Like, you know, I could have told my kid, here's the best recruit. Here's tendencies. Here's what side he shoots to. Here's how much he can bench press. Here's the name of my, you know, my biggest supporters. Here's how much they gave last year. Here's where they live. Here's the wife's name. But I couldn't tell this guy the most fundamental question of life. What happens when we die? There's nothing more. There's nothing. There's not a question more important than that one. But, but listen, you know how many hours I put into what truck I was going to buy? How much research I did? I'm in the bed because I'm a big believer in a good bed. Yep. I'm a big believer in good sneakers. You know, it's like so I put hours and hours and hours of research into things that ultimately they matter, but they don't matter like living with your eyes up. Yeah. Right. They don't matter like that. So, so how I deal with it is look, I was 36 when I got there. These guys are 18, 19, 20. They know my faith by the way I live, the way I speak to them, the way I care about them, right? Right. Ultimately, right. You know, there's a saying, right, that, 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 that the biggest problem with Christianity are Christians, right? That, that you say one thing, do another. And it's like, I don't want to be like that. Like, what do you want to reflect? And I, like I said, I'm far from perfect. Sometimes I reflect things I don't want to reflect. And they let me know. And I say, I'm sorry. You know, what? I'm sorry. I'm a human. If Jesus was perfect. I'm Tom. <laughs> so it's like, so, um, but, but it's, it's, it's when the moment's right. You know my faith. You know, I like to listen to some good tunes in there. Like a Joe Jeremy Camp, a little third day, a little, a little, you know, they like to listen to some stuff that's a little different and we share the radio. Yeah. But, um, um, you know, you just, you just, uh, right. The, the, the biggest influencer, right. Uh, is example. Mm, yeah. Right? That'll, yeah, that'll lead someone to him way more than anything you have to say. So that's pretty much it. It's a, you know, it's a tough place, you know, being in a public institution. I respect them. I respect their faith. I respect their thoughts, but my best chance of reaching them is being something that they, they, they're interested in. Yeah. I love that you said this, the most powerful leadership is example. And I like your influence is in who you are. It's very little about what you say most of the time. And uh, I just thank you for your testimony, your witness to to who you are, man, because that story, and that's why I encourage people to read the book. It doesn't matter if you're a wrestling person, it's going to really set you on fire if you love wrestling, but the story of you losing your son and the challenge that that created in your life and how it's grown you that unchosen suffering and how it leads you to realize when I choose to suffer, I'm going to grow from this also, you know, like what, yeah. what a you powerful thing. You're athletes, right? You're athletes, yeah. right? And, you're, you're, and it's like, we will ourselves everything. I will. It's my will, right? My <laughs> will, right? I'm going to choose to watch this, watch what I can do. And then all of a sudden, right now, was chosen suffering. I live my life. It was chosen. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna will my, my team. I'm gonna, I'm gonna will myself to that. I'm gonna get that recruit. I'm gonna, and then you're confronted with a scenario where, where you can't save your son, you know. And it's like, well, I couldn't will myself to that, right? The unchosen suffering, right? It's like, and that's when the definitions for me became very clear. Uh, between chosen and unchosen. And it wasn't the chosen suffering that brought me to my knees. It was the unchosen. This is out of my control. I've got to surrender this. I'm not, I, I, I've got to surrender this. So uh, surrendering was the, was, the, was, was the point, right? Where they say, right, where wisdom, where you, you, you start to get wise. Coach, appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks yeah, for man. joining us. Hey, live, I, live, live eyes up, man. That is bad. As soon as I saw the email, I'm like, that is a, that is a heck of a name. I love it. Peace, brothers. In 
credible stuff once again. I don't get sick of saying it, and I'm not going to apologize for saying it anymore because that is truly how I feel, Jamie. I've had goosebumps from the start of this conversation to today when we're recording right now, which is the next day because we couldn't even comprehend all of the things in we needed to process, figure out what was important for us as takeaways and, and come back to it, which I'm still, I'm still jacked about the conversation we just got to have. Yeah. And I think the, the best part about it is I've had these exact conversations with coaches in the last three or four weeks, right? I've had these conversations where our job is to seek truth, right? Our job is to be transparent and truthful with our athletes so that they can understand where they are today so that they know where they're going tomorrow. I've had the conversation that we have to have high character, right? We have to have high character. Otherwise people aren't going to follow us. And then we need to make consistent connections so that they'll come and, and be willing to give the best version of themselves so that when we tell them the truth, it's not out of nowhere, you know, and the stuff he's saying is fundamental foundational leadership tools, right? But it has to come from somewhere, right? And to me, the big takeaway is like, you have to have a deep set of beliefs that are going to push you to where you want to go. Cause if you don't, like he said, when, when the darkness comes, when the challenge comes, when, when the heat is on, it's going to get rocked. You're going to get punched in the face and you got to know who you are. And, you know, when we push deep into that seventh minute of an elite level match against an unbelievable opponent, you're going to get tested. Well, and having, just having the belief system is the, the start, right? He yeah. talked about that too. He's like, if you don't have it, you have no chance. If you understand who you are, what you believe in, what your foundation is, at least you have a chance when the darkness comes in those moments, it's still going to be hard. It's still going to, that unchosen suffering at some point is going to bring you to your knees and you got to fall back on something. Right. And no, I, I agree. And, and the other part of that, and it ties all of it's together, but it is the truth teller thing, right? Having people in your life that are willing to say, Hey, is this truly your beliefs is, are you at your foundation here or are you behaving and making choices outside of that right now? And that is not easy to do, right? Like it's, it's really easy to have people around us that tell us what we want to want to hear. It's really easy to put people around us that make us feel good. Right. Yeah. That is not, that is not the task of elite. Right. And he talks about like in the book specifically, he talks about what does it mean to be elite? We, our goal at eyes up mindset is to challenge you to think about how you can grow and get better. Well, we want that never ending horizon sort of mindset where we are always pushing towards the horizon. We're never going to get any closer to it. Right. But it's all, we're always pushing that way. We're always moving towards that thing. And if we are just going through the motions and putting people around us that we want around us because they tell us nice things, like we're never like, we're just going to be faced in the wrong direction a lot of the time because there's still, Oh yeah. Over there is good. Right. Over there is good. And well, that's, the, oh, that's easy to hear. And the flip side of that too, Jamie is, are you a truth teller in other people's lives? Are you willing to give people feedback and say no, or challenge them when you do see, because most of the time we do see it, right? Yeah. We see it in the people that we spend time with. 
we see the behaviors, we see the choices. Are you willing to say, Hey, let's talk about this for a second. And, and the thing that I love, right. Is that he, he is so much a truth teller that he's like, no, no, no. I have one more thing. And I have one more thing. I am who I am and I'm not going to apologize for it. And my faith is deep and it, it resonates through who I am because I had to go and seek it, right? I, I had to seek it in this moment of incredible hardship for our family. And I didn't have an answer and I needed it. Like I needed truth in some way. And to acknowledge that at every step is telling the truth, right? It's, it's that consistent seeking of truth, right? It's not just one time. And what you're talking about, being able to say it to other people allows you to say it to yourself, right? It's practice. It's reps too, is that if you aren't saying it to yourself, you're never going to say it to other people. And if you're not saying it to other people, you're probably not saying it to yourself either. Like it has to be consistent in our life. And that's that foundation belief system, fundamental technique, right? We talked about we're preparing for world championships and we're just going to go back to stance, right? We're going to go back to hand position. We're going to go back to is our foot, our toe an inch in front of our knee. And that gives an opening for somebody else. Like we have to be relentless in everything we do in the same way and, and look for truth because it's going to show up and it's going to, it's going to hammer you in the end. If you're not, if you're not willing to be relentless in, in that stuff, you know, seeking. So I wrote this note down when we were talking, he talked about the fundamentals and you asked like, okay, these guys are the best of the best. And you're saying, focus on the fundamentals. And I had an opportunity. I was at Montana state watching film with the head coach because I'm part of the quarterback club or whatever. And it never ceases to amaze me, Jamie, because we think, okay, we've got the Ohio state wrestling coach. Who's a national champion, multiple coach of the year in the NCAA and the big 10, all kinds of wins, all kinds of accolades. Right. And he's talking about hand position, feet, knees, those things. I go to Montana State, we watch film, and you think, okay, these guys are Division One athletes. And what is he talking about? He's talking about effort. He's talking about hand placement. He's talking about false steps. He's talking about all of the little things. And it always comes back to that, doesn't it? No matter it's what all- level, no matter yeah. what you are trying to accomplish, it comes back to the small fundamental things that you do on a daily basis. And I'm going to say this and it's going to challenge some of you, right? We think that it's okay to talk about those things as coaches and athletes because we get really tangible outcomes, right? In these short, concise moments, we don't see those tangible outcomes nearly as often in our personal lives. We have to focus on the fundamentals of life, right? Like, because those errors, those drawbacks, those setbacks come from a lot of those places. Or when unchosen suffering shows up in your life, you will fall back on the easiest type of behavior that you have. And if it's not fundamental, if it's not foundational, you will end up being challenged to a place where maybe you can't come back from, right? It's not about the setback. It's about the comeback. Well, what are you doing to prepare yourself to come back when the setback happens? That's got to be foundational. It's got to be fundamental tools. And, um, you know, what a, what a great reminder from, you know, like you said, Montana state, Ohio state doesn't matter the highest level. That's what they're doing to get better today. Apply something. 
take something from today, write it down, pick one thing, apply it to your life, choose to act, choose to live in a way where you seek opportunities and to live a better life every day. Thank you for joining us, Jamie. I appreciate you listeners. Thank you for joining us. Subscribe, rate, review, all of that good stuff. Most of all, share it, give it away. We look forward to seeing you next time. And as always, live eyes up.